Okay, but here's my question. Who are the ladies? Avi, we're the ladies. Hi there, you're listening to The Lady Cast, conversations with women to inspire you to go out and do the thing. I'm Alex Laughlin. I am super excited to share the conversation that I had this week, which is with Peyton Cosell Turner and Eliza Wexelman, the creators of Girls at Library, or GAL, which is an online journal dedicated to women who love literature. So GAL is pretty much my favorite place on the internet right now. It's just so beautiful. The photography, the design, the interviews, the women they choose to profile, it's just a delightful space on the internet. So I'm really thrilled that I got to interview Peyton and Eliza. Yay, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Yeah. Okay. Likewise, thank you for having us. Yeah. Um, so you are both the creators of Girls at Library, and it is a website about literature and women and just amazingness. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so GAL is basically our online journal where we feature engaging literary interviews with and book recommendations from remarkable, diverse women who simply share a passion for reading. Um, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. It's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where did this idea come from? Well, Eliza and I were working in a boutique in the West Village in 2009 and both trying to figure out what we wanted to do with our lives, essentially, and finding our path in New York City and finding the people we liked and... Um, one thing that really, I think, cheered both of us up while working an often monotonous day job is that we were allowed to read on the job. Mm-hmm. So we ended up bringing books and sharing books and having conversations about them. And, you know, Eliza moved to L.A. in... When did you move? 2000? When, three years ago? Three years ago. Yeah. So since she deserted me on the East Coast, we (laughs) thought it would be an interesting idea to try and recreate that kind of camaraderie between women online about reading. Yeah, and then just include the other people, start including other women that we knew in a way to connect and relate to over literature, and then connecting that with other people and visuals and just sort of creating a little like space where people would want to come and read about reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the website is like my favorite online space. It's so beautiful and it's just like, I feel like whenever I go there, it's like made for people like me. You well, know? that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you mean by that? What is a person like you? I mean, somebody who, yes, loves reading, somebody who cares about school or maybe didn't care about school but cared about learning things Um, but also somebody who gets really really excited about just the way books look and but who like also has a life which I think is kind of this idea that you know people who read a lot don't have lives and like that's not true either of course that's not true you know I think it's so interconnected you know and that's what we're trying to highlight the Mm -hmm. fact that obviously you can have a life and be a reader Totally. Well, and too, that like reading 
helps you in life and sort of helps you connect and understand life. And it's not something that people do who just sit at home by themselves. It's people who go out, but maybe you don't talk about the books when you're out, but you talk about them when you're able to sit down and have a specific conversation about them with other people. And then I found a lot of friends who read about their friends and then they're like, oh, I had no idea that they felt that way or read that about their book. So it's, or about these books. So it's interesting to hear how people connect with it too in that way. Yeah, totally. Uh, when you were starting the website, who did you have in mind as the gal reader? I think us to yeah. a large extent. I think we've grown up with the internet and I mean, for the most part of our lives. And there's so many wonderful websites out there like Into the Gloss, which I love reading mm -hmm. about women's preferences for makeup and what they keep in their medicine cabinet. And yeah, and then like a combination of like other sort of there, I feel like there are people who are similar to us who are interested in reading, but also interested in like visuals and creativity. And I think just trying to create a place for people who other women or other readers who wanted to have a resource. And yeah, I guess that would make us sort of, it's like the things that we wanted in a website, we sort of decided and sort of came together on and just exactly to make it. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people do that when they're starting new things. And I think that that makes that that lends a sort of authenticity to whatever they're making, that it's like, you know, no two people are the same. And so if you're making a thing that speaks directly to you, then that makes it unique by default. Definitely. And when, you know, Gal is our side project, so we both have busy lives and careers doing other things. So it seemed like the most natural thing to do as sort of an extension of our own interests and what we wanted to see. So mm -hmm. it was perhaps for better or for worse, the easiest way for us to delve into this project. Mm, yeah. Tell me about your careers, your full-time jobs. You are d a designer and an illustrator? I'm a designer, yes, and an illustrator. I own a wallpaper and fabric company called Flat Vernacular. And I've been working in graphic design. I work part-time and then freelance part-time, so it's kind of a combination. I remember feeling so surprised for some reason when I realized that you were both like visual people and not journalists, because there is so much language on the site and it's about reading. Um, do you feel like your jobs as visual creators lends you to like crave that, that literary uh, sustenance on the side? I, I do. Yeah. yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Eliza. You <laughs> oh. first. I keep going first. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's totally fine. No, I just think that, like, I think that because we're both so involved in our creative fields and we are also both so passionate about reading that it just sort of came together. And I think that, again, like, going back to our other answer, it's just sort of one of those things where it's like we feel like we being such creative people and being so interested in literature it seemed like a natural sort of thing to try and create this sort of world but it's also we both I think just loving reading and taking it a little more seriously than maybe I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it but just like taking it we really like loving reading but not being journalists but mm -hmm. also then Peyton has her own sort of backstory with that in her 
history. It's true. I mean, I'm an illustrator, <laughs> so um, in, a, in a way, you're essentially documenting or journaling, or I, I tend to skew um, what I draw. Yeah, storytelling yeah. from mm-hmm. a, a journalistic perspective. So it seems to come naturally to my both my visual and my written work. So I, I can't really have one without the other, I guess. Yeah, and I think that the what you gain, I think the other part of it is too what you gain from stories feels so important to the overall idea of what you're doing in general in life and sort of the willingness to like take other people's concepts of life and ideas felt so valuable that it was it seemed to just lend itself to making this and making it a little more literary and sort of finding people who have something more to say and are articulate in saying that. Mm-hmm. For somebody who hasn't seen Gal, could you just give like a, an explanation of like what the individual posts are like when you're featuring a woman? We generally feature uh, five to ten images taken by a photographer of the woman in her space. Um, generally, they're personal spaces where they like to read. And we take a ton of beautiful detail shots of their space to further articulate the story of their experience with reading. And couple those with the answers to their questions in an interview format. Yeah, and the photos are just beautiful. You have two people who take the photos for you consistently, right? We we have yes we've had others we've had a we've had a, a sort of a slew of photographers I would say where we've had two that have more recently consistently worked with us but we're we worked with several people and you said that you're trying to really tell the story of this person's journey as a reader. I really yes. like yeah. that that like description of what you're doing. Like you're telling a story not just of, you know, a profile of who this person is, but like really really telling the story of who they are. We're trying to, but it's hard, yeah. you know, when you are you're only doing it in 10 to 15 questions. And also I think in the format that we're using right now, which is simply an online website interface, um, it's difficult to really put as much content on there as we'd like to. I don't necessarily know if everybody reads every word, although we'd hope that they do. So maybe one day we'll get even more in depth, which would be great. We would love to even, and we would love to flesh it out even more if we could in the future. Who's like your dream girl to profile on Gal? Oh my God, we talk about this all the time. (laughs) I think recently we decided, obviously, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Top choice, but who else? I think you you mentioned ones recently that I completely agreed with. That I, I did. I'm try. I'm having trouble remembering. Oh, Rachel Maddow. I would love to oh, talk yeah. to Rachel Maddow. Um, <laughs> We're setting the bar high. <laughs> really high. These are obviously these are our dream people. Um, I actually we spoke to one person that I, an author that I really wanted to speak speak with an interview yesterday which was an incredible experience so I feel like one of my bucket list people have has actually been achieved which is fantastic it's the reader that you wish at the like start of your reading you could have talked to yeah she's a young adult author that I grew up reading and it was 
quite an experience to be in her space and listen to her speak about her craft. It was incredible. I mean, Hillary Clinton would be an obvious choice, too. Yeah. Which may be more possible now. Maybe. But, yeah. <clears throat> Those are the people we always talk about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are so many others, but I just like store them away in my mind. I also think part of the beauty of Gal as it is right now is that we're trying to profile women that you wouldn't ordinarily necessarily know about or meet. Um, and I think there's power in that and introducing, let's say, quote unquote, the every woman to a larger audience, maybe friends of ours or people we know vaguely who are doing wonderful things with their lives, but don't have a platform to really talk about that and want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so, loved that one that you did with the 11 year old girl. Oh, Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. Wesley. Oh, it was so cute. Well, it's important to include different age groups and demographics as well. And Wesley was a great way to talk to a child about her reading habits. I mean, I grew up reading with my mother, and that was such a huge part of my childhood. And I think it's valuable to listen to our youth, of course. So That was great. Like, I, I get, like, really happy whenever I go to Gal. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is so happy. Yeah, she was great. And it's nice to, like, it's, I think, with that, too, and then getting women of different ages and girls of different ages, it's... It's always amazing to see how everyone's passion sort of changes. It's like, obviously, she won't be reading these same books in another, like, 10 years or 20 years. But it's like, she'll always remember having read these books and cared so much about them at this age. And I think, like, in the questions that we ask, and I think, like, what we're trying to get at is, like, that reading has a value in, like, your overall sense of who you are. And that I think like showing her and showing that and showing that someone being passionate about reading at that age, it's also interesting and kind of go, and goes along with the whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. So you're profiling these women and girls who are doing these amazing things in their lives. Have you noticed any patterns in the way that they read and in their reading habits that seem to be consistent across all of these different, you know, quote unquote, successful people? I can think of one off the top of my head, which is that most of our interviewees really prefer reading a physical book. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say we have about a 98% uh going of people only wanting to hold the actual book yes and feeling extremely strongly about their preference wow that's interesting i wonder why well i think it's in some ways obvious we all spend so much time on these screens that Mm -hmm. you know the experience of holding a book and smelling the book and having this tangible object in your hands and this physical as well as intellectual activity is so human and thus important (laughs) and wonderful and comforting yeah especially like really old books that are a little bit waterlogged and like wrinkled yeah i i usually use my books as like um almost little storage cabinets for receipts and other things and i'll you know write little notes in them or they always hold these i don't know they're more than just a book so you are not book purists who don't believe in folding down the corners of your books or things like that? I have recently come to fold corners down only in one book. Oh. I don't know why. I don't think I have like a real strong 
like aversion to people folding corners. I just never, I just have always preferred a bookmark. Hmm. I don't know. I love folding down the pages. (laughs) I'm sorry, books. (laughs) No, I do too. Though I will say, I, so I love physical books, but I have this problem where I fall asleep within about 10 minutes of reading because I had really bad insomnia when I was younger. And so I trained my body to fall asleep reading. So now it's like reading induced narcolepsy. It's fine. But yeah. <laughs> um, I always end up falling asleep with my book open and the light on. And then I end up throwing my book across the room and inevitably the book will be torn or wrinkled or whatever. Which is why having a Kindle has been great for me, because everything is a lot more peaceful that way. I don't discriminate against the Kindle. I think it's really useful, actually. You know, when you travel, it's certainly nice to bring a library with you. I mean, I'd rather travel with a library than without a library. So if I can get it digitally, I'll take it. Totally. And certain books, it's like you don't want to carry like a 700 page book with you. (laughs) No. When you're on a plane, you already have like your computer, anything else. And it's like, you might as well. And also the paper white, the like light works really well on those Kindles. It's like really nice. It does. (laughs) It's nice. And you can lay it. It's like if I don't use it often, but when I do, it's nice because you don't have to have the light on and you're like not disturbing anyone. And it's just like a very dull light. Exactly. It's true. I Which agree. Very well designed. <laughs> yes. Um, although I just bought a little life in like in print, and I'm about to go home for Christmas, and God, my bags are so heavy, and this is just one more big heavy thing to go in the bag. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually just recently had someone tell me that that book is a really good book club book because it makes you feel things. That's all oh, she said. Oh, God. She said it makes you feel things. <laughs> so that's all I know. All right. Well, um, looking forward to it. I'm about 100 pages in. We'll yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays. Yay. Yay. So, so you two are on opposite coasts. One is on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast. How do you make this work logistically? We email a lot. We talk to each other all the time. And I think <laughs> yes. we're both, which is great. I love it. I mean, I can't speak for Eliza, but. I, I, um, have, I have nothing <laughs> bad to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just try and divide and conquer as best we can. You know, we each take over more or less one aspect of the site and work on it and are very communicative about it and have schedules and calendars. So we try our best. I think there's definitely things to gain from being in an office and being able to throw ideas out all day to someone. But I think as much as we can, we do that over email and sort of try to talk once a week and sort of get our ideas out and yeah. and like have meetings and just sort of keep the ideas flowing as much as possible. So it could be worse. We could not like be able to communicate as much as we can. So Yeah, it's only a three about... hour time difference. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Is one of you a more detail-oriented person and the other, like, a creative person? I mean, you're both creative, obviously, but, like, <laughs> a more free-spirited type? I don't know. I don't know either. Mm. I think we're actually pretty similar, yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think so, we try and give each other the space to, to both be both of those things as much as possible. So you, I'll give Eliza, you know, the room to talk about her ideas and, you know, 
give her the respect that she deserves by talking to them and sort of like, I don't know, we both try and put goals for ourselves, ourselves out there and then help each other achieve them. So I don't, it's hard to quantify specifically. I know. I think we just like, we just have been doing everything and it's, it's where I think we've just blended together what we're both able to do. And I think we're both a little bit of both. And that's like why it's worked out so well is in certain ways, one of us will pick up more on a task than the other or on like some portion of the task than the other. But I think overall we've somewhat, we level it out in whatever ways and it ends up being pretty even. And I think that's why it's worked out so well is that neither one of us is sort of like doesn't understand the other side or doesn't understand one or the other. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. How has your vision for what it will become shifted, if at all? It's funny, we were talking about this this morning. I think that going back to what most of our interviewees have said about feeling a physical object in their hands, we would love to somehow produce a physical book or anthology one day, perhaps. But I think overall, our mission has remained the same, or at least mine feels very similar to how it did when we began. Yeah, I think we've just expanded on it. I think we've, I think the core of everything has remained the same, but we've just sort of expanded on what we have found within each thing and that like how to sort of feature more people and just in different ways that all still relate to the initial idea. Because I think we kind of started out thinking this exact same thing that we would have an online journal that featured women and spoke to them about what they read. And I think if anything has changed, we've it's just been sort of the people that we've gotten to interview. Yeah. And the people that we're trying to interview. That makes sense. I agree with that. And also we launched, you know, our own original content section that we're slowly chipping away at right now. And that wasn't the immediate goal at first. Yeah. But we've managed to start working on that, which is lovely. So it's evolving. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) And so what are you guys reading right now? Like, what do you guys like to read personally? I've been reading several different things and sort of realizing a weird thing that I didn't realize before, which is that I really like memoirs, but sort of unconventional memoirs. Hmm. Like I was reading, I was reading Maggie Nelson's Red Parts and then the mostly, I've had an affinity for Grey Wolf Press recently. I really like what they put out. And then another book of theirs called Ongoingness, which is Sarah Manguso. It's a sort of, it's called The End of a Diary. And it's just sort of this like very filtered but unfiltered little short book about her, just what's in her mind. Um, I've been, I've been trying to, (laughs) I've been trying to complete a project which in my own mind, I've been calling the re-education of Peyton C. Turner, which is reading books that I've missed. So, for example, I'm reading Vanity Fair right now, which I missed out on in high school. And I'm also trying to read um, books that pertain specifically to American history. So I'm reading 1919 by John Dos Passos and um, an amazing book by Richard Hofstadter called, I'm trying to, it's not, anti-intellectualism in American life. Um, yes. 
which is very pertinent to what's going on in our country right now. So anyway, that's what I'm reading. I love that idea of a re-education. It's important. I think you have to do that as a human. Otherwise, you don't grow. She coined it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Liza. Giving gravity to my words. I appreciate it. (laughs) So one last question, and then I can let you guys go. But I'm wondering, how has Running Gal changed the way that you think about reading and think about books, if it has? Well, for one, I have less time to read, which is something <laughs> I've been grappling with. I think in my, in my case, I've looked very carefully at what I'm reading and why. And I think twice about what to read next, I suppose. I mean, that's why I'm embarking on the re-education trip right now. I'm Peyton Turner in American history because I'm realizing that I'm missing a lot of gaps and I want to fill in those gaps. Yeah, totally. I think also I've come across so many more books, which is sort of another reason why I was we were interested in starting it. It's like I've learned about so many more books. And then it's like when I talk to people, they end up giving me so many recommendations. And it's sort of able I'm able to like, catalog and then remember them and then be in a bookstore and sort of be like, Oh, I've heard of that. So I feel like it's expanded my reading in a way that I, I sort of hoped for and being open to like, newer authors or older authors in the same way of like reading things that I hadn't read before, but then also reading books by people that I would have maybe never found and having a new reason and new insight into why I'm going to them. And then the best thing is we can at least, you know, getting recommendations from people, if you take them up on those recommendations, then you can talk to that person about that book, which is The whole reason we're doing this is to foster that connection and conversation, so. Well, you guys are doing an awesome thing, and I love what you have created. It's a wonderful little space. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. We love books. (laughs) We all love books. (laughs) We all love books. (laughs) Thank you so much for talking to me. Our pleasure. And that is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy listening to the LadyCast, please rate it on iTunes. If this episode really got your bookworm heart excited, you should definitely subscribe to my newsletter, Asian Books 2017, because I am reading only Asian books for this entire calendar year and writing about it monthly in a newsletter. I actually just sent out the February issue, so you should subscribe to that. Um, you can find that at tinyletter.com slash aznbooks2017. You can follow The LadyCast on Twitter and Instagram at TheLadyCast. You can follow me on those same places at Alex Laughs. The LadyCast website is theladycast.com. Also, another date has opened up for a podcasting 101 workshop at the Lemon Bowl in D.C. So if you want to take a course with me to learn how to podcast. You can do that on March 16th. There's still a handful of tickets available. So go ahead and grab that. I'll leave a link in the description box for this episode. Thank you so much to JJ Posway for writing our theme music and to Sarah Lawrence for designing our logo. Okay, I'll talk to you guys soon. In the meantime, go out and do the thing. Bye.